0: we conclude our summer book read called irresistible by andy stanley um i hope you some of you have engaged the book and and are getting blessed by that how he gives a little bit of history and how he brings you all the way up to today and to help us be inspired and encouraged um, and that was the motivation for suggesting that book for you um because a lot of people are resisting l- resisting god and resisting christ we're resisting what he's what he's trying to do in their lives. And I think it's important that we learn how to be irresistible because God is irresistible. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, So uh, God gave me a word for us today to conclude the series with. But it's a bit unsettling. I want you to stay with me, though. All right. Um, It's going to start in Hebrews, chapter eight, Hebrews eight, verse six through 13. Um. Hebrews is a book that's written by an unknown author, uh, and he's written to an unknown people. We don't know the author's name. We don't know who he's writing to, but I know one thing. I don't know who he is. I don't know who he's writing to, but I know why he wrote the book of Hebrews. He wrote the book of Hebrews because there was a people that were, that were struggling. There were a people that were um, just existing. There were people that were, there they they were believers that felt like giving up. Have, have you ever felt like giving up? Like, th- am I the only one? Have you ever felt like throwing in a towel? You know, I'm doing all this stuff, and, and what, what's the payoff? And sometimes I don't see the rewards of it. So these were people, these were believers that, that were doing everything right, and yet they kept messing up. And so God looked upon um, what they were doing, and he wrote the book of Hebrews. He inspired the book of Hebrews to be wrote written for this people group. In verse 6, it starts off like this. Stay with me. It says, but now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior than the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates, everybody say mediates, Mediates. for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. A better covenant with better promises. Do y'all see that? that? That means, a covenant means it's an agreement. God has made an agreement with us Way back then, he made an agreement with his people that I'm going to do something better for them because what's what what I what I've done is not working. All right. Tracking with me. Verse seven. So if so, it's a better. We have a better covenant. And it started back then. Um, If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. But when God found fault with people, he said the day is coming says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. Because that's where it all started. God's plan to save the world will start with Israel. It will start with Judah and then will spread throughout the world. This covenant verse nine, this covenant will will not be like the one I made with the ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant. So so I turned back to my back on them, says the Lord. Yeah. Verse 10. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel in that day. On that day, says the Lord, I will put my law, my laws in their minds and I will write them on their on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. In other words, God is saying I'm going to give them intrinsic motivation. See, I started off with the first covenant the first covenant was my agreement. God said, um, you have to do this, 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 and this. And you, you know the Ten Commandments came from that. And, and the people kept messing up. Even though God led them out, led them by hand out of, out of the wilderness and, and into the promised land, people still kept doing things their own way. They still kept messing up. So God said, now I'm going to give you intrinsic motivation. That's a motivation that starts on the inside. That's better. Follow me. Follow with me. Verse 11 says, and they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you, you should know the Lord, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already. I, I don't have to tell everybody. That, that doesn't mean we're not supposed to witness, but I don't have to tell everybody everything. They should be able to see by, my, by, my, by nature. They should be able to see by how I do things, when I don't lie when I should have lied, just to get the better deal. Am, am I talking to some real people this morning? So, so by how I act, people should be able to say, that's God. God has done something in that dude. Um, and so they should know God already just by how I act, how I carry myself, by my characteristics of how I live. Verse 12, and I will forgive their wickedness. This is talking about what he does some, when he does something new. I will forgive their wickedness, wickedness and I will, rege- I will never again remember their sins. That's worth preaching. I don't even have to do anything else. Just to just to know that God will forgive my wickedness. Have you all ever been wicked? I, I know I have. That, that, that was my struggle for eight years before I ever even answered a call to ministry because I thought, Lord, if you're calling somebody, you know the stuff I used to do. But, but yet you, you want me to preach? Come on. I, I'm just being real. You have a flawed pastor. Um, I, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm working towards perfection. Oh, man, that's for free. That's for free. Um, so I will forgive their wickedness. And I will never again remember the sins. Never again. Man, that's just this blows my mind when I read that. Verse 13 again. When God speaks of a new covenant, it means that he has made the first one obsolete. And that's, a, that's disturbing. I never saw that until I studied it for this week. And it is now out of date and soon will disappear. Can we say that about the Bible? The first agreement that God made with us, the Old Testament, that he will make it obsolete. Can, can, we, can we say about, can, did they tell you when you first got saved that you would carry a book around? The first half of it does not really apply to you, but you should reverence and respect it and look back and remember what was done. It would be an example, but did, did you know, did they ever tell you when you got saved that the, the book you carry in your hand, the book you cherish that you have on your dusty table, will be obsolete until the new one comes. It's a bit unsettling to me. But obsolete doesn't mean bad. Obsolete just means that something better has come. So if I, if I could pick a title, and I have, if I could pick a title, <laughs> I, would s- I would choose to call this subject today getting better or getting by. Are you either getting better or getting by? Mm. Getting better or getting by. Stay with me. When something is better, it means that something else had preceded it. In our case today, it was the Old Testament, it was the Old Covenant or Old Agreement of God. It was replaced by the New Testament. The new agreement or a new covenant of God. So we, what, the, what the law was in the old, Jesus was, Jesus Christ was in the new. Remember, I told you, God started with what he gave in the old to, to be a rule, uh, to, keep, to, to keep the rules of what to do and what not to do, to, to make sure that people were morally okay in check, but it didn't work. So God had to, had to bring something else, and he had to encourage them with something else. Covenant theology is a, theo- a theological study that focuses on, on the covenant of works and grace. Works in the old, grace in the new. So we don't have to work our way into heaven anymore. We just, we just have to receive that we've been graced into it once we believe. You agree with that? Yeah. That's as deep as I'm going to go. That's as deep as I'm going to go today. Now I'm about to break it down. So, so the new makes the old obsolete, but obsolete isn't bad. I wanted to give you an example. You know, I'm always trying to find a way to clarify what I'm trying to say. Um, so I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Lord, if we're going to be better than they were in the past and our ancestors were, if we're going to be better, how can I best describe that to the people today? Um, because we have a book that is half obsolete and we have a book in the New Testament that's new. So how do we apply the new? And what do we do with the old? And I thought of the illustration of cassettes. Y'all remember the cassette? The cassette, when, when, when you would play the, you would pop this device in. some students, y'all don't probably know what I'm talking about. I'm gonna describe it to you. There was a little, little, little device that we used to put inside of a radio. Um, sometimes it would get skewed a little bit and it would get tangled up because it had a little ribbon that went around and played the music. And so we had to take the pencil out and we had to stick it in there and wind it up <laughs> to get it back on track. And, and sometimes, you, even if you played it a lot, that it would break. And then you had to tape it back together and try to keep, you know. Man, I was just talking about myself. Um, so cassettes were obsolete, y'all, but they aren't bad, right? Okay, okay, y'all track it with me. So, so back in the day, cassettes were cutting edge. We all had them, you know, if we were 40 and over or 35 and older. You know, we, we've had cassettes. Um, uh, I, had <laughs> I had a playlist, you know, we, with cassettes. The thing I loved about it, Marco, is you could take a cassette and you could record your playlist, you know, of, of all your stuff. So I had, a, I had a playlist that I used to work out to. My little, my little it wasn't gospel rap back then like it is now, um, but it was rap. You know, I'm working out and banging my head, doing my thing. And then I had another playlist that I would ride with my dudes to. You know, y'all know you had different music with your boys or your girls. And then I had another playlist of romance. <laughs> I had a romantic playlist. I know some of y'all can relate to what I'm talking about. So y'all had Babymaker playlist, right? Um, um, the, all the love songs was all on that one CD or that, that, one, that one cassette. Um, so when CDs came out, it made the cassette obsolete. That's all I'm trying to say. It made the cassette obsolete. Cassettes aren't bad, it's, they're just obsolete. So what God did with Jesus as our Redeemer, when he brought Jesus onto the scene and became our New Testament, our new agreement, what was old can be put away. The cassette could be put away. We can still look back and, re- and, and look at the examples of it, and we can, we can, we can remember the examples and, and respect it, but we're not bound under that. We're in the new. Okay? It's not bad. It's just obsolete. I'm going somewhere. Trust me. Um, so what was obsolete was replaced with something better. There's nothing wrong with better. And, w- and we have to embrace better. Especially in our personal life. There's nothing wrong with better. Um, somebody said that the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. And we can always make room to live better, to do better, to, do, to, to, to be great in our lives, in our health, in our finances, in our relationships. Even if things aren't perfect, there's still room to get better. There's still room for improvement. Amy Nefsker said this. She said, the worst kind of brokenness in the, is the kind that you don't know you have. Um, so you're either getting better intrinsically, intrinsic motivation, you're getting better or you're getting by. You're either walking in the old, you're trying to do things your way, but you've been graced to do it a better way. You're either, you're either trying, getting by, or you're graced and you're getting better. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Here's what I found. Here's what I found. We sometimes give in to living beneath our potential because it's too hard to be perfect. I'll say that again. We sometimes find ourselves living beneath our potential because it's too hard to be perfect. You're not called to be perfect. I'm not called to be perfect. You're called to be perfected. Woo! That's a process. It's a process to make progress. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, persistent, perfected people are persistent people. You need to write that down because some of you forget outside of church. You know, you come to church and you get it, you know, you're nodding, you're amen. But when you leave, you forget. So write that down. Persistent, perfect people are persistent people. And you and I are a work in progress, trying to get better, but we, not, we cannot move towards greatness and be the best version of ourselves without godliness. I'll say that again. You cannot move towards greatness. You can't progress toward it without godliness. Not to be the best version of yourself. I mean, you, you, you can do things for a while, as in the Old Testament, how they did things for a while. They thought they were doing good, reverencing God. But then they kept messing up and worshiping things and wanting things and complaining about things. And God said, yeah, I got to do something on the inside because these people, they're, they're just messing it up. And he said that your ancestors did it. And so would we. Unless God does something on the inside first. Uh, We cannot move towards greatness and be the best version of ourselves without godliness. Because godliness is a process. Process improves the progress. If we're honest, many of us focus on progress on the outside before we ever focus on the process on the inside. My hand up first. But process, the steps, the process comes before the progress. Man. Uh, Let me give you an example of this, clarity. Um, This week, there's been a buzz about the new Chick-fil-A sandwich and uh, the the Popeye sandwich. The spicy chicken sandwich, have y'all heard about it? Okay. Maybe it's just me because I went to try it. There's been a buzz about the new Popeye spicy chicken sandwich, and, and and comparing it to the Chick Fil A sandwich. So Tiffany and I and little Lexi, we we went off to lunch. Thing was Friday, and uh, we went to go see <laughs> what was this buzz about. And so I was coming off my diet to try this chick this chicken sandwich at Popeyes. Um, Lexi had her braces done on Wednesday. We promised her Chick Fil A before I had ever known about this 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 new, uh, this buzz about the chicken sandwich, the spicy chicken sandwich at Popeye's. So we told Lexi, if you do good with getting your braces on, because we know when you get the braces on, you get tightening up and everything, and you, pain and everything, and we're like trying to encourage her. If you do good, we're going to take you to Chick-fil-A. I know she can't eat, Sound sounds good, you know. <laughs> and so we waited. We told her, well, you can't eat today. We're going to go later. So we went on Friday. We went to go Chick-fil-A, and, and we got her her chicken, and I saw we, we as we drove up, we saw the we saw the line, you know, they had the double lines now, and the lines w- the line was all the way back to the end, and I thought, well, we'll still go in line because it moves pretty pretty fast, and it did, it moved pretty quick, um, so we got up to the window pretty fast, got our food, baby girl was happy, I'm happy, um, and so next we head off to Popeyes, because I need to try this chicken. I didn't order anything, so I go off to Popeyes, and we get to Popeyes, and I see the police out in the front of the the entrance to Popeye's and I'm like what what in the world Popeye's ain't never been that popular (laughs) so I'm circling around and we're trying to find a way to get in so we end up leaving that Popeye's going to another Popeye's I'm just talking about process and progress stay with me um so we get there we find this other Popeye's we get to the Popeye's we see a line wrapped up and around so we get in we're not we're not going anywhere else we're going to sit there we wait for 45 minutes if I didn't have a car behind me, I don't love chicken that much. Um, we're waiting for 45 minutes, trapped in the line. So we're making our way around. We get our stuff. We make our order. And then Tiffany's like, we're blessed. They gave, we ordered two sandwiches. They gave us three. Everybody say three. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm thanking Lord, the number of completion. Yes, you love me. Um, so we get the chicken. Tiffany's examining it. Oh, my word. We can't wait till we get home. We're looking at it. And the chicken sandwich was just a piece of chicken on two pieces of bread. That's it. No sauce. No pickle. I'm like, no lettuce, no nothing. And I'm like, what in the world? And chicken t- Tiffany looks at me and she said, she looks over at me and she's like, babe, they weren't ready. They weren't ready. They, they weren't ready for the the, the influx. The, the, to be consistent. The, to, to, to do what needed to be done. Um, so, so she looked at me and said that yeah, clearly they weren't ready, babe. And I was like, yeah, you, you're right. Um, um, so between Chick-fil-A and Popeyes, one is getting better and one is getting by. You decide which one it is. Progress is important, but so is process. I believe one has a better process don't, don't, don't be so concerned with the, the progress on the outside before you're concerned with the progress on the inside. Oh, my gosh. I want you to know, sometimes you have, you have to understand that what God is doing in, on the inside isn't visible at first. But when, when you see it, everybody sees it. And we have to understand, don't, don't neglect the process on the inside. In our text today, we see the progressive work of God because God is doing a better version of you. I said he's, he's in the process of doing a better version of you. And, and so he begins with the process of making us better on the inside first before he's ever concerned about you looking good on the outside. Mm. So what was, what was old then focused on the rules, just keep that in mind. It focused on the rules. And those just knowing what to do and what, how not to do things wasn't enough. People still kept messing things up. So God promised to do something new called renewal. And he focused on the inward work of his grace on the inside for us. So in verse 8, if we can see verse 8 on the screen, when God found fault with the people, he didn't find fault. Let me, let me, let me read it like that. When, but when God found fault with the people, he said, the day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. When God found fault with the people, he made a new covenant. In other words, your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother couldn't follow the rules. <laughs> yeah, so God made His grace sufficient for us. Then, as it is now. Yeah, so without grace, there's no expectation, Shannon. There's no expectation. Here's what I mean. In Mark nine, because I'm always trying to be clear. In Mark nine, and we can have that on the screen. Mark nine, verse twenty-five through twenty-seven. We see there was a boy who, had, who, had heal, who needed healing. Let's read that. When Jesus saw that there was a crowd of onlookers, when the onlookers were growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes the boy unable to hear and speak, he said. I command you to come out of this child and never into him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead did jesus heal him yes pastor jesus healed him but the text says the text says that the boy appeared to be dead a murmur ran through the crowd as the people said he's dead when god does something on the inside it always looks bad at first Because it looks worse before it ever gets better. Jesus healed the boy. The text says, if it was to go on, it says that Jesus took the boy up by the hand and the boy stood up. But he looked dead. And what God is doing in you looks dead. It looks dormant. It looks like it's insufficient. It looks like God had forgot you but what he's doing on the inside is gonna make his way to the outside because you are a better product. I'm a better product of what I was in the beginning. And God wants you to know, it may look dead. It may look like he's forgotten. It may look like you can't get this right, but if something was spoken over you, and he's gonna do it. If he said it, he's gonna do it. He's gonna fulfill it. Mm. It always looks worse before it looks better you're better faith work, faith works that way it's an inside job we have to remember that outside of sunday we have to remember faith is an inside job and then once faith does its thing in that area it's going to be seen by everybody but everybody will notice where you came from too you got to be okay with that Everybody's going to know that this is what you used to be. This is what it used to look like. But it's going to glorify him even more when they see that, oh, my gosh, look where she's at now. Look where he's at now. And then God gives you glory. That's the time where you have to open up your mouth and give your testimony. You say, you know what? I don't even know how I got here. How did I get her and him? How How did this happen? How did the deal go through? How how did I not lose my mind when things happen that the the neighbor would say, oh, my gosh, if that happened to me, I don't know what I would do. But you have a peace on the inside. That's the time where we have to step up and say, this is what God has done. Because, you know, I I don't know. I don't know what I would have been, where where I would have been if it had not been for him. The difference between getting better and getting by could be understood as God's expectation for your life. What seems dead, he's going to resurrect. Oh, my gosh. And when God does something on the inside, he expects it to show. And we have to be okay with that. He's going to expect to show. uh, Verse 10 says, I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. We have a promise of a renewed mind and heart. As well as. And intrinsic motivation. So we have the ability to get better, church. We have the ability to get better. We got to believe that. What the enemy of your soul wants to do is he wants to, when God is speaking something over you, when you read your word and, you, and you're, you're saying, I received that, that's for me, that's my word today. The enemy wants to steal because he's the thief he's the thief he comes to steal kill and destroy that's what he's doing in each and every one of our lives that's what he's attempting to do he's either stealing he's trying to kill something or he's trying to destroy something it could be destroy character reputation it could be stealing your gift your faith that God's promised you or he's trying to kill something kill your hope kill something but God's given us a better promise we have to hold on to better you're either getting better or you're getting by starts on the inside then it reflects on the outside receive that so what was written on tablets of stone if we're a new if we're a new thing if we're being renewed Elmer this is what we have to remember what was written on tablets of stone what was written on paper and parchment back then and we call it our Bible today he's now doing on our hearts <laughs> he's now doing our hearts. God God is not writing on paper and tablets and stone and stuff like that no more. He's not writing on parchment no more. He's writing on your hearts and he's putting things in our mind now. Now. So 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 that means that you are you are a written letter reviewed and viewed by men. So God has co-signed on you in spite of you. So God has co-signed on you in spite of you man <laughs> oh man because the goal is to make us better a better representation of him yeah but remember it looks worse before it looks better second corinthians three and two says you are a living recommendation to others in bible times they wrote letters of recommendation and they would send it from city to city. And these letters of recommendation would go, and and Paul's talking about this letter of recommendation because uh, if someone came through and they were a false prophet, they would say, hey, Marshall sent me here, and this is what he wants you to do, and he wants you to give me this money. And so if they didn't have that letter of recommendation, they might believe the false prophet. And so Paul was saying, you know, this is how it starts, but you're a living letter of recommendation. When people see you and they see me, now they say that, oh, God must be, co-signer for this god must be blessing because i see what he's doing in you and in in me so by living recommendations we live better because people want to see us win when people see us winning they know that you've been renewed so when people see you winning they know you've been renewed when they get when you give god glory for what god has done you know people like to see other people win And you always have those that don't like to see you win. (laughs) But just know that you're on the winning team if you trust God. The Spirit of God not only makes us spiritually alive once we've been renewed, once we believe in Christ and and we're renewed, the Spirit of God not only makes us spiritually alive, He He also makes us spiritually aware. And He makes us socially better that other people see us as a living recommendation of God. And when we give our testimony, it approves that we are a living testimony of God. So we become spiritually alive and we become socially better. So what God starts, I told you all that to say, for what God starts on the inside, he eventually reflects it on the outside. So everybody takes notice. Right? Okay. Okay. So eventually... You make a difference you'll see it but don't get discouraged when you don't see it happening right away but but others will confirm what god is doing what they see man man and when you look different your neighbors it says in our text in hebrews it says that in verse 11 that our neighbors will notice and they will not need to teach their neighbors for everyone will know again that doesn't excuse us from being an example and a testimony but, but what the author is saying is everyone's going to know that he's God because he's what he's done in you is a new thing and what he's done in me is a new thing and everyone will know a neighbor is anyone that you're in contact with not just the ones you physically live next to but anyone you come in contact with that's your neighbor yeah so when people see the peace over panic when, the, when a tree falls on a house or something when it, when, 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 when it seems like that my relationship's not working when, when it seems like that I've, I've lost a job and, and, and I don't know what the next job is going to look like, and yet you still have that peace over panic, people know that she must, have, she must be a, pe- a person, he must be a person of faith. Amen? An example, final example, and I'm going to let you go. Final example. What he does on the inside makes you better on the outside. Um, and then everyone will notice Right, everyone would notice. Have you seen the State Farm commercial about Cheryl? Cheryl's she shed. I can't say it right. Cheryl she shed. Um, I, I I noticed that. I watched I watched that, and I want you to watch it. I want you can go ahead and show it. Cheryl thinks her, she shed. I was looking at this, this, just this week, I was looking at this, and I was like, Lord, help me to use this to clarify what I'm talking about, what guy starts on the, on the inside, he reveals on the outside, um. I found something else that I want you to see about this, about that commercial. Cheryl had a calm about her. Cheryl had a, had, had a poise about her because Cheryl got Zachary on the phone. Zachary represented State Farm. And Zachary told her, Cheryl, your she shed is covered. Although her husband was sitting there like, what in the world? You know, Cheryl was like, as long as I'm covered, I'm good. All I want you to know is when it comes to being covered, you, have, you can have peace over panic when you know that God has covered you. Amen. And so if I can give you, if I can give a, a picture of what Cheryl's she shed looked like, what you look like now, this is what Cheryl's she shed looks like now. See, you see the upper deck? <laughs> you see the porch? She's got a little porch with flowers in the front, a little walkway on the side, you know, flowers all around. I, I, what God starts in the beginning, it, it, it may look bad. It may look ordinary to some. But later on, everybody's going to say, oh, my goodness, look at him, look at her she's a better product of what she was before my goodness glory to god glory to god you are covered and you can expect a bigger and better life (laughs) irresistible christians are covered christians by god's promise of better but somebody's here today either getting better or you're getting by which one we have to we have to weigh that before God, before a holy God, the God of heaven, the God in our hearts. Lord, am I getting better or am I getting by? Am I discouraged about now? Or am I expecting what's to come? You're getting better or you're getting by. It looks worse before it ever looks better. But when it looks better, everybody notice because you're a better product. It's bigger better. Your life is. So when your world seems to be on fire, just know that God is working out something better. He's just burning away what you don't need. He's just burning it away so you can be a better product. Would you stand with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. As I was preparing this week, I wondered, Lord, who, who needed to hear this message? I'm always trying to picture your faces and intercede for you like, like a good shepherd, under-shepherd. Um, and I, I, I thought of some situations and I, that I know of and, and I prayed about other situations as I pictured your faces. And I want you to understand that I'm in agreement with you. The Holy Spirit of God is an agreement if you're a believer and I'm in agreement as your pastor. God can do something better. But don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged just because it hadn't happened yet. Better. God has an expectation of better. So we need to be reminded of an expectation of better. I don't care what you've been through. It's not bigger than God. You receive that, raise your hand. You receive it, raise your hand. Amen, 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 amen. Some of you are examples. You can put your hand down. Some of you are examples of better already. Already. And So I just want to pray. I want to pray over you. Lord, I thank you for this people that um, listening to these mumbling words this morning. I, w- I just, w- just want to pray that you will encourage them, Lord, to help them seek you in everything, to look within, Lord, at what you're doing. Um, when the enemy tries to steal their faith and sidetrack them with the things, the fires, the panic around them, help them to remember, Lord, that what you started in the beginning, you will complete it to the end. And that you have, you are our expectation of better. You have hope for us because you've empowered us by your spirit when you renewed us as we believed. So Father, I pray that you bless this week. That we give you glory for everything that you're going to accomplish. And that we will be ready to stand and tell everyone why we've better.